What's up, everybody? I'm Cindy Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. A podcast where we explore our internet curiosity. I'm impressed we can do that virtually. I know, even with like kind of the the lag a little bit. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so today, Kate, I know technically it's like my turn to present this week, but Kate is going to take the reins because I thought I was sick and I might still be, I don't really know what's going on, but she's a good friend and said that she could do it for me because I didn't feel like I was in the, in the mental space to make it happen today. But you are in the mental space to hear about children sacrifices. So thank God. I wish that. <laughs> You could all see my face when I first found out that's what we were talking about. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, well, like, why? Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask about your your interview last week? You said oh, that yeah. you were going to so, wait until we were recording. Yeah. Um. So I had this interview for a job. I won't say with I'll, – I'll keep it anonymous. Okay, okay. But um, I was really excited about it. I felt like I was a shoe in and I get, I'm meeting with like the two executives basically that I'd work for. And I get an email after I had my first interview being like, Hey, like we love you. Like I want to schedule you to meet the executives. And I was like, great. So she was like, how is Wednesday? And I was like, Wednesday is great. I love to hear a Wednesday interview. So I prepare. I'm on Wednesday. I'm like freaking out, ready for the interview. I sign on, Sydney. Okay. I sign on to a Zoom link that I was given for Wednesday. Okay. And I'm on, and this woman is on who I already like researched everyone. So I knew that she was one of the executives. And I was like, hey, so nice to meet you. Her name was also Catherine. So we like kind of bonded about that. Turns out we live in the same neighborhood. We're just like Gavin. Love it. Okay. Then the main, like the boss boss signs on and he's like, hey, Catherine and Catherine. And we're like, ha ha, there's two Catherines. And like he kind of talks to us for a second. And like we talk about our animals. They I literally brought Ernie like they were like, oh, do you have animals? And I like brought up Ernie to the screen and we're going on. And then this woman signs on who's like probably middle age. And I was like, oh, maybe she's like an HR person because like. Yeah, sure. I like don't know like what's happening. So they start talking to her and like gab, like they're like hardcore catching up with this woman. Okay. I was like, am I supposed to be here? (laughs) Like, I didn't know if I was supposed to be there, but they were like addressing me like in their conversations and like looping me in. So I was like, okay, like, I guess we're just very casual and friendly in this interview situation. So... 30 minutes go by and they're just talking with this woman and, and nothing's like, happening what are they talking nothing's about? happening just like just business like life. Oh, just like so oh do you, like, like coffee just ketchup. like yeah coffee ketchup and then like at the 30 minute mark almost exactly the guy was like okay so like here's some of the ideas we have for you and for you st- you you no, the woman they start pitching to this woman AKA having an entire meeting with this woman. And I was like, oh my God. There's Were you been supposed a huge to be taking mistake. notes or something? I'm so confused. No. So I 
didn't know what to do. I like stayed on because they were like addressing me and I didn't want to like, and I was texting Caleb in the other room during the whole time being like, ha ha, like they're like pitching to this woman. Isn't that like crazy? And he's like, oh, maybe they want you to see like how they do that. I don't know. So I stayed on for an hour or like I stayed on and then the woman signed off. She's like, okay, these ideas are interesting. Like I'll let you know. And then she signed off. And then I was like, okay, I guess this is the interview now. And then they both signed off. What? So and were so they I like, like left wait, on the why Zoom were you there? And then this old man with like, like, like dyed black hair signs on. And he's like, hey, darling. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so I signed off really fast and like ran out. And I was like, a huge, like I've just made a huge mistake. And turns out I go through the email thing and she sent me like the long ass Zoom invite thing. Yeah. And it had the wrong date on it, dude. It was for Thursday. So Wait. she told me Wednesday, but the actual interview is supposed to be on Thursday. Thursday. And so I accidentally sat in on one of their entire <laughs> meetings. And I think they thought I was working with the other woman. And she probably thought I was working with them. And so no one addressed me. <laughs> it was so fucked up. Oh my gosh. And then like the I emailed the assistant and I was like, hey, like something happened. She was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I wanted but that's to like tell so her, like, her fault. I know it's obviously her fault. But then I feel like I mean, I've been an assistant before, and I know you, like, basically don't want to admit any mistakes you make because, like, you're supposed to be on the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so she was like, ha ha, I'm sure they'll laugh about it tomorrow if you're still available to meet with them. And I was like, I have to meet with these people again after I creeped on one of their entire meetings. And I did. Oh, okay. And it was nails on a chalkboard. Like, they were so creeped out because the assistant (laughs) didn't tell them, like, what happened. And so, I mean, that's so I don't know, fucked. Like, how did I? I the entire company has one Zoom link. That's what <laughs> I figured out. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happened. What Obviously, didn't fuck? hear back because they thought I was so creepy. <laughs> did you? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would love this. Did you say anything to them? Like, yeah, I was there because like I was given the raw like the wrong information yeah, so the woman, like my, my the thing I dreaded was that they would sign on at different times and I would have to explain it twice. twice and of course that happened so the woman signs on and she literally was like <laughs> saw me and was like what and I was like yeah so I was told Wednesday but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I tried to explain it the best I could. Yeah, Without, totally. like, completely... Throwing the other lady under the bus. Yeah, and then the guy signed on, and I had to explain it again. And he was like, oh, like, that's so funny. And so I feel <sighs> like... I, I mean, it wasn't... It was just, like, literally a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, like, that's truly. not your fault. I feel like that kind of stuff, you just have to try and believe that, like, it all worked out for a reason. Like, that's the only way that I feel like I can mentally reconcile with that because, like, that's just such a, like, a fluke thing. Yeah, I know. I was like, this isn't meant to be because, yeah. It was just, like, very chaotic and, like, I've 
spent basically three whole days of my week dealing with this. Because, you know, like when you have an interview, it's like the whole day is kind of shaped around that. Totally, totally. Whatever. (laughs) I mean, that would happen to me. I feel like of all people. That's so funny. So a Peru grew in chat says, would have been great if they felt so awkward that they gave you the job just to not have to talk about it. Okay, I (laughs) thought about that because... I got their ideas. So I was like, I can fucking run with their ideas. Thankfully, I mean, maybe not thankfully. They were terrible. (laughs) Okay. I just think that's so... Why didn't anybody say... Say something? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that just feels weird that they'd go the whole thing. Well, because I think they thought... Like, each person involved on either end of the meeting thought I was with the other person. Yeah. It was truly, like, such a sitcom moment. Interesting. That sounds like there was one time where... That must be common. And this wasn't Zoom, but Alex and I were meeting with, like, an accountant that was recommended to us. And so his assistant gave us, was like, okay, call this number. It's, like, our conference call number, like, at whatever time. We're like, great. So we both called into it separately because this was like pre-pandemic, maybe like right before the pandemic. I don't know. But we were not at the same house. We weren't in the same place. And so he calls and then I'm there and we're both there. and We're like, hey, like da 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 da. And then some random woman joins and we have never heard these people's voices. So we thought that she was like the assistant maybe (laughs) and then another random woman joins and they both know each other and so they're talking about something else (laughs) and alex and i just were like wait what is happening and we're like is rich joining and they were like what and we're like uh so then we both left and emailed the assistant and she was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry like he'll just give you a straight like just call you straight to your phone and you can phone the other person in but i was like does this company only have one conference call number I like think i don't understand do. i think because like i guess having a bunch of different zoom links is confusing to people they like i don't know <laughs> well i guess they thought that like zoom like is similar to google hangouts or google meets where it generates a new thing every time yeah but i think i don't know i mean i've seen like when i was in school like this is not to be ageist, but like older professors would like to just have one Zoom link because they would literally like copy it and just have it. Like it was confusing to have multiple links out there. But I feel like for an interview, it's like, come on, like get get another Zoom link. Because I could have like, if I was a dubious person and they gave out better information, like straight to the like... Well, I'm surprised there's, yeah, I'm surprised there's not like more like passwords or something. Cause like theoretically, you could like post that Zoom link like on Reddit and just be like, anybody wanna like join? I know. Should I? Should I? (laughs) I mean, okay, Um, so that's our little catch up. Yeah. Well, how are you? I'm I'm good. I've been really exhausted. And I was telling you, I like haven't. I like thought I was getting sick and now I feel like I'm getting better, which was like a really, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be complaining, complaining, complaining because it's like, oh, that's nice, I guess. But I've been good. I like went out on Saturday and um, I like don't go out very often, but we went out in Venice, which was like kind of fun. I like doing that, but I feel like I just don't understand how people do that all the time because like I was down for the count on Sunday. Like I did not do anything. I just sat on the couch. 
I guess that's what people do. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I like like doing things on Sundays though. And I feel my like entire I just adult like... life has been like, is this what other people do? <laughs> yeah. And then I guess like, I just realizing... like don't understand how anyone else lives their life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's this brand of TikToks that I see randomly where it's like people saying something that you thought was pretty obscure and then everybody being like, oh my gosh, you do that too. Like, am I not? is like have i never had an original thought i can't think of like a good example but if i remember when i'll send it to you okay um should we get into this we can get i'm definitely curious to learn about children's sacrifices I know. how did you even find that well so that's what we're gonna talk about at the top so okay well, how I found so I have like two topics that are combined into one. Oh, okay, we um, like those because I did some extra credit work Ooh. for my big report book report today. That's sometimes how this feels. <laughs> it totally um, does. But so last night I was just it was two a.m. I was on my phone and I came across this insane picture. That I'm not even going to share because it was, like, kind of too disturbing. Like, mm. I kind of avoided it while I was looking yeah. at this topic. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, can I curse on here? Or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. We're good with that. Um, and so then I got on this, but then it had a similar tone to a topic I was... I Do you, like, keep them? Like, I had one that I was like, I'm going to do this. I have a list. I have a document yeah. that just, like, has so, ideas. So if I ever don't come up with a fresh one, I can just, like, pull from that. So, yeah. Yeah. So so this was – they're, they're kind of related. So I was like, I'll just do them together because we don't need to hear about multiple mummy situations <gasps> on this podcast. It's um, a mummy thing? I just learned something about mummies. Well, it's not an Egyptian mummy thing. It's, like, mummified bodies. Uh, oh, oh. What did you learn about mummies? I'd love to learn. That the reason why there's not very many mummies is because the Victorians, like, ate them. Is that true? Let me double check if it was the <laughs> Victorians, but I'm pretty true. sure. Did the Victorians eat mummies? I don't know. Google, like, auto-searched that. Um, the gruesome history, Smithsonian Mag, the gruesome history of eating corpses as medicine. What the fuck? People are so... People in history, like, are so fucked up. I'm yeah, sorry. there's a... No- <laughs> so it says, Noble Who's Noble. Louise Noble has a new book called Medicinal Cannibalism in Early Modern English Literature and Culture. Wow. Mummies, Cannibals, and Vampires, the History of Corpse Medicine from the Renaissance to the Victorians. So it seems legit. Ugh. Um, well, no, that's not what this is, but... Well, okay. (laughs) We'll save that for another time. So I found out about this other mummified person that I... King Tut? No. No. Okay. Okay. So there's... Okay, you know, like, in Western Europe and in England, there's bogs. You know bogs? They're like marshy land. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it's like an environment. So they've discovered a lot of people like mummified remains in those bogs from few years ago to like thousands of years ago okay and specifically the ones on in western so Europe? the ones i'm going to talk about um there's one in england well there's 
it's been like England and in Germany and Denmark is where the majority of them have been found. So okay. in 60 AD, a man was led into a march, marsh, sorry, <laughs> a marsh outside of Cheshire, England to be killed. And this is, we're in 60 AD. All right. So how do we have this rec- written record? That seems like because a we found ago. his body. Oh, oh, sorry. Jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was in his mid-20s, so like our age. He was about 5'7", and he had a trimmed beard, mustache, and brown hair. Um, and except for the armband made out of fox fur, he was completely naked. Um, and it's likely that he was accompanied and likely restrained by two other people. Okay. So I wrote this down, but I'm not going to read it because I'm just not in the mood to learn about violence but basically he was brutally killed by these people we're talking hit on the head throat cut noosed like it's just a it's it's an atrocity honestly though and Mm -hmm. i hope i'm never in this situation but i feel like if i were to be brutally killed i would want to be knocked unconscious first oh definitely like i want to go like anytime if if like the scenario, you know, everybody dies. Like the scenario that I die, I want to be like unconscious. Do you yeah, know what I, I mean? Like it's like yeah. I want to like die in my sleep or something. Yeah, I mean, like same. peacefully pass away. I just, you know, I like even if I was to be brutally murdered, I feel like I would want just a discretionary hit on the head. Is that the correct word to use? That discretionary, whatever. No, I mean, I don't want like a small hit on the head. I want it like I want to be knocked out. Like I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. That's I, what I mean. That's yeah. What I mean. Like preferably from behind, so I don't even have time to get scared. Like I don't even yeah. know what's happening. But also, I just like to put this out there. Like I really don't want to be murdered. Like I yes, cannot overemphasize how much I do not want that to happen in my life to me or anyone around me. So just so people know same i'll go on record to say that yeah don't want any confusion um okay so this guy's killed and then the last blow to him is they kick him in the back and like push him into this bog okay so that are bogs deep sorry i was picturing like like muddy ground like i didn't think you could be pushed into like is it like a lake (laughs) you don't know I'm going to say with confidence that I don't don't deserve that it's like a marshland. And usually marshes aren't that deep. Am I wrong? That's like How a deep are deep. bogs? I just okay, thank it. you for doing the research. How <laughs> deep is a bog? Okay, so it says, according to two blondes walking, it says, to some extent, both questions. Okay, so it says, how long is a walk? How deep is a bog? To some extent, both questions can be answered with how long is a piece of string? Both things are difficult to define, but to some are extremely important. Uh, the bog question has been given a constant amount of airing on our walks. What is this? Um, okay, so these people were on a walk and fell into a, blo- a bog. It wasn't a pleasant experience. Um, it went up to their... <laughs> <assume> so. <laughs> it went up to their thigh. And her thighs are quite long. Therefore, they've come to the conclusion that bogs are quite deep and should not be ventured into at any cost. Um, That's probably for the best. So 
that was not i don't know how that ended up being the first someone said they're decently deep like 10 feet that's what i'm thinking that's much more that's like max okay that's helpful okay that's helpful i feel like i don't understand what i just clicked on it felt like very that felt like a riddle (laughs) (laughs) um i've fallen into a bog before and my dad had to fish me out yeah is it like quicksand no, it's just like marshy. Like, can like, you swim in it? This I could. It was, I mean, I don't know. I'm saying a bog to have like a literary flair to it, but it was basically just like a marshy lake. Huh. Okay. Oh, so the same person who said 10 feet, you can ap- apparently drown in them. Yeah, I'm sure. It's just like muddy, like thick, oh gross, gosh. disgusting water. Wow, that's Okay. Sucks. Okay. Um, Everyone's mad <laughs> off topic. That's the only thing that <laughs> Twitch is gonna show us. Um, yeah, okay, I fell so into he- a bog, and my dad saved me. And now every time he goes past that bog, he sends me a picture saying, "I saved you from this." Um, That's so sweet. So, keeps me humble. So okay, this guy fell into a bog and was killed. No, he didn't fall into the bog. Sorry, he was killed in the bog, and then they pushed, pushed in the bog. him. Okay, and then. He went face first into said bog, and then 2,000 years later, he was discovered by people in the bog. Okay, so his name is the Lindo Man, and he was discovered in... I didn't write down. Oh, my God. Okay, well, anyways, it's, he's not even important. He's just getting us into the story. Okay. He was discovered in the bog, and his... Is he considered Lindy? Yeah, I would say 60 AD. He's pretty Lindy. Um, and he was super well preserved because the bog basically just like, like pres- yeah. Natural you know preservation. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So since the 18th century, hundreds of bodies like this have been pulled out of the marshes of Northern Europe. Hundreds? Yes, dude. Like a lot of bodies. Wow. Okay. Okay. And the. Some of them come from the Stone Age, and some of them, up, like, up to World War II, these wow. bodies. Like, um, Didn't they get full? Like, were there just, like, bodies, like, piled on top of you? No, because like, you know how, like, the Earth just, like, constantly is getting new layers on top? Yes, but I'm saying, like... <laughs> That's a crude in the con In the context of, like, a bog, though, I'm thinking of, like, almost like a pool. Think of it like a pool, right? And so it's, like okay so the first layer is like dead bodies and then just like more and more and it's like eventually stacking up until they're just like coming out of the bog well i think they're because they're like sinking into the bog it's like they're la brea tar pits do you know what i mean i was gonna do that for a topic because i know so little about it so no i don't know what you mean um well it's like it's just like this thick disgusting pool of stuff and so it like the bodies like sink and then things more sediment comes on sentiment. What is the word? Okay, anyways. Sediment. Scented sediment, sorry. Yes. It goes on top and then the bodies just kind of get buried. But also like bogs, people don't like walk through them. You know what I mean? So like Okay. Okay, we shouldn't get stuck on this because we have a lot of Oh, to sorry, get keep going. It's okay. Going. <laughs> so most of these bodies though were found were from the, a similar time period, which was 700 BC to 280. I guess that's not that similar, but like 500 years span. Um, and a lot of them show like really bad trauma. 
um, like they were killed in a very brutal way. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have that has led people to believe that a lot of them are actually victims of human sacrifice. I guess I'm wondering, like, what's the difference between human sacrifice? Why not just like murder? Like, well, because you're doing it for a religious purpose. That's the difference between murder and sacrifice. But like, what makes them say that? Was is there? Are you getting into that? Well, like they were murdered, right? Totally. But, like the the purpose of the murder wasn't like, oh, this is a bad person. It's like we're sacrificing you for religious purposes. But how did they deduce that from finding the bodies in the bogs? Because they're under. Okay, I will tell you. So the one that I first saw that made me go onto this was the Tuland man. Um, And he's like the most famous of the bog bodies because he's basically like a perfect corpse. Like his face is completely intact. It is so scary. Like even the skin and stuff? Yeah. And you can see like the stubble, like he didn't shave the day he was killed, but he must have shaved like a few days prior so there's like stubble on his face and you can see wow. it i'm not gonna send you the pictures because i ha- do, are you like have a thing like you're you get queasy no but i don't want to see the pictures right now <laughs> okay yeah yeah i just sometimes i can see it the ones that i'm gonna get into later i don't even want to like post pictures of it because i find it like too like really disturbing yeah yeah um but so the tulin man was discovered in 1950 um in Denmark um and these people that are like were working in the bog found him and thought he was a murder victim like a recent murder victim because of how like intact his body was yeah um and so he was also buried naked um and he had been hung that's how he was killed because there's a noose still around his neck and um the thing that's weird about it and why they think it might be human sacrifice is that Although he was hung, his face was very calm and he was laid down, like he was laid into the bog, like in a sleeping position. Wait, so what was this called again? The Tuland Man. Tuland? T-O-L-L-U-N-D. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so, uh, they... Anyways, I'm going too much into this, and this isn't the main topic, but um, the reason why this human sacrifice is a lot of them, um, a high number of them suffered from physical deformities, which Uh is why people thought that they must have been seen in the time as like significant and targeted for their uniqueness and probably like maybe spiritual power. And that's why they were victims of sacrifice um and so the bog water what it does it like basically like tans the skin um so they it tans that it keeps the skin intact but like the bones are really broken down do you know what i mean it's very bizarre so um and the sad thing is some of the other bodies that they found have been like mauled by people working in the bogs like through time so they found some bodies that like some of the heads were crushed in because like people were like walking on them unknowingly that they were in there yeah um and so 
the a reason another reason why they think it might be human sacrifice is that um there were weapons wagons food images of god and other whole ships left in the bogs whole they've ships? also found them yeah how big are these and bogs so, i was picturing like a like a they're like mm, giant marshes you ever seen no you seen weathering heights no <laughs> uh, like i was thinking like the size max of like a reservoir no i think they're pretty big but also the ships back then they're like imagine like this is not historically accurate but it's like viking ships they're not like pirates of the caribbean <laughs> ships. okay okay you know i, guess I, mean? I, I like, feel like everything smaller than pirates of the caribbean would be like a boat yeah they're like boats okay okay i would say but um so the fact that these were found in the bogs, sometimes alongside the bodies, sometimes not, um, makes people think that it's human sacrifice because okay. the common form of burying people back then was cremation. And um, the, like, people's material resources were really scarce. So, like, the yeah. fact that they would leave whole ships left in the water means that they were probably ceremonial offerings. Um, and I got this quote, which is kind of sad. It says, in societies where slavery was common, a human being might not have been worth, might have been worth less than a valuable sword or cauldron. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. So thank God we live now, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that one. So yeah, that's basically why they think it's human sacrifice. Um, okay. So that's what got me on this, like, mummy mummified vibe of like not like purposely mummified but like natural circumstances cause mummified yeah. bodies okay so then flash forward to last night i'm on instagram i see this post of the most disturbing picture i've ever seen and okay. i didn't think it was real because of how this is why i'm not going to share it because it looks too real um Okay. But this is what I found. So this picture I found was one of these children that was sacrificed in the Incan Empire. And so that's the children of Yuyayako. The children of Yuyayako. I had to write down the phonetic spelling so I could get it right. That's pretty um, good. I wouldn't have gotten you. that from the spelling. So they... Let's go. Let's let's, let's dive, dive in. in. So unearthed in 1999 um, from the 2200 foot summit of Mount Yuyayako, a volcano 300 miles west uh, of the Chilean border, the frozen bodies of the best preserved mummies ever found were discovered. And they were discovered with their internal organs intact and blood still present in their heart and lungs. Wow. Um, and oh so my gosh. The, their skin and facial features were also mostly unscathed. Um, and up until that time, no effort had been made into preserving them. So the cold and the dry on top of this volcano basically... Uh, did the work of preserving them. Wow. And they likely froze to death as they slept. And 500 years later, they looked like sleeping children, not mummies. Which is why I'm not sharing the picture, because it's kind of Yeah, sad. that's... Um, 
So 500 years ago in this land, Chile- near the Chilean border, it's where we are. Okay. The way you said that made it sound like we were like in a fairy tale or something. Like it was no. just like a mythical <laughs> land, but okay, Chilean border. It's more mythical. It's no, whatever. I'm not going to do a pun there. Um, we're in the Incan Empire. That was 500 years ago okay. on the Chilean border, um, which was the largest empire in pre-Columbia um america which okay did you not think the incans were like a long long time ago yeah i was surprised when you said 500 <laughs> years i thought that it was like like 500 years is like i know i'm pulling out my calculator for this it was like what is it 2021 minus 500 that's the 1500s yeah i know it's not that long ago wait that was really easy math that's so embarrassing but <laughs> That's like, what? Okay. I know. So, yeah, I thought it was way longer ago, but whatever. Um, It is not. Turns out that's why we're doing this podcast. We're learning. We're learning. So, um, the Incan Empire, it was possibly the largest empire in the world during the early 16th century, Mm -hmm. um, which is 1500 for our conversation last week. <laughs> well, and that's nuts to me that it's like what we talked about last week was happening like in tandem with this. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, basically the same era. This is like 200. No, this is, no, this is like a hundred years before that poison okay. thing. Um, so the Incan civilization um, was humongous and sadly was conquered by Spanish conquistadors and ultimately fell in 1533 um, with the fall of Cusco, which is the main city. And also, yes, it's the main character's name in Emperor's New I was just saying, like, Emperor Cusco? <laughs> Emperor Cusco, which, okay, is that not the best Disney movie? It's so underrated. I feel like people don't recall it enough. Like, it's a really... And it holds up. It's a good movie. It's so good. It's like, I went through this cycle where I would get drunk and then go on Amazon and accidentally buy movies, like, so that I could watch them. And I bought Emperor's New Groove, and occasionally I'll just throw it on. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I get it. I don't drunk It's really good. I, like, I get it. I get it. It's so um, good. You should watch Sweatbox. Have you seen it? No, it's that. It's, I'm gonna, I actually haven't seen it either. I've been meaning to watch it. Um, I also got G- Gimme Shelter. Did I tell you that? Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna watch on it soon. On the, the DVD. Blu-ray, yeah. 4K, I think. Um, what was I looking up? Sweatbox. So it's this documentary that Disney was like really trying to block from coming out. Uh, Sweatbox documentary. Um, and basically what happened, I think it was made by, so Sting did the music for, um, for Emperor's New Groove, right? Really? Yeah. And his wife, my understanding of it is that they asked Sting to help write the music, um, after he finished with Lion King. Mm -hmm. And, um, when, sorry, I'm trying to like make sure I get it right. But long story short, as part of his like contract, I guess, they um, agreed that his wife could make a documentary about the making of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like 
the movie was originally called kingdom of the sun and it was like totally different and like they were like really like it was just like not a good working environment oh. and um she but she was making this documentary and so they like really tried to block it from coming out and like you can kind of find it now but it's oh, hard wow. it's even it's hard to find yeah but that movie turned into emperor's new groove the emperor of the sun or whatever um kingdom of the sun turned into emperor's new groove but so it says release and reception it's an 84 minute film it was originally supposed to be released at the beginning of 2001 was quote heavily edited down into a short extra feature on the emperor's new groove dvd and named making the music video and only featured the uh one of the songs that sting did um it also had a short run at the Lowe's Beverly Center Cineplex of Los Angeles in an unpublicized one-week run in order to be eligible for an Academy Award nomination. Wow. Um, and it was shown as part of the Florida Film Festival. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, it's like this like under-the-radar thing, but you should watch it. I haven't watched it yet. It's on my list. What's it called? I should write it down. The Sweatbox. I think that's in... Um, it's in reference to the working conditions. Oh, great. <laughs> um, well, anyways, yeah, Cusco. Emperor's New Groove. Uh, so yeah. if you want, like, I don't know. It's a good, it's a light thing to follow up this Yeah, maybe on, it's like a perhaps. pairing. Um, okay, so we're back to Child we're Sacrifice. We're back to, okay. So Child Sacrifice, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, so I do apologize. Um, it's referred to as Capacocha, and it was an important part of the Incan religion and often used to commemorate important events, such as the death of one of the Incan um, emperors. So um, it was used as an offering to a human sacrifice in general was used as an offering to the gods in times of famine and a way of asking for protection. Um, but sacrifice could only occur with direct approval from the Incan emperor emperor so thank god it's not just like you can anyone. sacrifice anyone <laughs> they had some Want rules something? for just, it i feel like when i pray i like ask for a lot of shit and so like could you imagine like anytime you ask for something you're like well gotta sacrifice another like, one like i gotta sacrifice my child right now I can um, imagine. okay i mean i my mind went to people would just kill all people all the time and be like, it was a sacrifice. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So he had to approve it. Okay. Um, and children, when used in sacrifice, were chosen from all over the empire and were picked primarily based on their physical perfection. So they were like hot kids to the front. <laughs> <laughs> hot kids to the front oh my gosh um that was the national campaign slogan for it um we got got milk and there's this like <laughs> and they were generally sons and daughters of nobles and local rulers um and they were taken to hundreds or thousands of miles to Cusco, the capital, where they were subject of important purification rituals. And then they were sent to high mountaintops throughout the empire to be sacrificed. And um, according to traditional Incan belief, Inca belief, sorry, not Incan, uh, children were, are, those who were sacrificed didn't truly die, but were instead there to watch over the land from their mountaintop perches 
alongside their ancestors and it was considered a big honor to be chosen yeah i guess Um, that that's like good to know because obviously we don't have child sacrifice in our society but like trying to stay open-minded to like obviously this is like a very different belief system but i feel like at least the kids probably weren't like like i'm sure there's probably some fear associated but if generally the society sees it as being a huge honor it's not like yeah of course yeah you know. and we do have child sacrifice think about britney spears sorry that was a dark joke no but i think that's such an issue no i don't think it's a joke i think that's a good observation we have it in one form or another yeah honestly. yeah um so traveling to these sites obviously was a huge ordeal because these are like mountaintops um and so they would involve a procession of priests and um of course the children that would be sacrificed and important a a number of other important people would also come along um and the sites were like super hard to get to but they freaking trekked on for the greater good um and many like they would build like stations alongside the route so that it made it easier to get these children up top and die. Can I ask how old the kids were? Yeah, they were really young. Um, Like 13. I think one was six years old. They were very young. Um, The girl, the the oldest one that, the the picture that I saw that she's like the most well-preserved, she was, uh, what does it say, 15. Um, And so... They were discovered, the mummies were discovered in 1999. So kind of recently, like considering. Yeah, that's um, in our lifetime. And we're young, so. Very, very young. I was, no, I was alive in 1999. I was, I was in kindergarten. Isn't that crazy that we saw the year 2000 happen? Was it a big deal? Do you remember that? I remember my parents, it was a big deal. We went out and we went on vacation. We were on Ka- that was the first year that we went on vacation over Chris- between Christmas and New Year, and we went. Wait, to Kauai. I was also in Hawaii for two thousand. No way! Yeah, we went to Kauai, and there was like a boxer jellyfish invasion, <laughs> and a beached whale, and so we couldn't go on the beach. And they wanted to set off fireworks, but me and my brother were too scared of the beached whale and getting stung by jellyfish, so we just didn't. Oh my god, <laughs> that's kind of ominous, honestly. Yeah, I never thought about that. Like, the ringing in of the new year, there was, like, a beached whale and everybody was getting stung by jellyfish. Yeah, when I left San Francisco, there was a beached whale, and I really thought it was symbolic of something, and I never figured out what, but I felt like it was symbolic. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, we're back. So, 1999, they're discovered by Johann Reinhardt and his team of researchers, Um, and he was... I didn't write it down, but I read he's like has connection to National Geographic. Okay. Like I'm not sure if they sent him on these things or if the, he or had if some he relationship would do to National it Geographic. And then sell it to them, but he was um, okay. Yeah, they so were in him bed and his, together. They they were in bed together. He was did an exhibition to the High Andes to search for India, yes, India, Inca ritual sacrifice sites um and so three days into their search they discovered these children um two girls and one boy 
And around the gravesite, there was several gold, like statues, um, textiles, and pottery. And um, the youngest girl, her body had been struck by lightning after her death, causing burn damage. Just sucks. Like, Jesus. So they just um, left the bodies up there? Yeah. Well, I'll talk about oh, okay. it more specifically. Um, and then the other two were not affected at all. Um, and their even their clothes were in very good condition. Wow. Like this picture that I'm not going to send you and you can look up on your own accord if you want to. It looks like it's a real person. Like it looks like it's a, a live person that's just wow. asleep. It's very creepy. Um, and so... So, like, I guess for people who maybe want to look it up, like, what would they look up? Um, children of... Uh, what's the pronunciation that I wrote down specifically? You can you, just spell it out. They'll need to spell it anyways. Um, isn't it on here? Just look that up. On Is where? It, I thought you had, like, a title on this, no? I changed it to children's sacrifices because I didn't think people Just know, look up know children Inca sacrifices and it, it it's famous it'll come up um because i'm not gonna spell out the name it's very long but it's you ya yako but it's not spelled like that at all um, so they the thing is is the research team like they had a super hard time getting up to this volcano where they were and they almost had to like bail because there's a storm that was about to break out mm -hmm. but um right when they were about to i mean it was like the movie moment where they're like we have to go down and then the guy was like what is that and then they discovered um the children so they they discovered an artificial layer which i don't know what they didn't really specify what that means but i think that might mean like they put like rocks or something over i don't know they okay. didn't specify but they found like they had to unearth these bodies they weren't just like Got sitting it. there okay um so, like I said, there's three mummies at the burial site, and I do not speak Spanish, so please, I, I'm i going to pronounce the name, but I'm going to do the translation as well. So, La Donacella, which is Donacella, sounds good, um, which is the maiden, mm -hmm. La Nina del Rio, the lightning girl, and El Nino, the boy. And so, once... They reached the top of the mountain. The children were allowed to fall asleep and placed in a small tomb about 1.5 meters, like five feet underground, where they were left to die. Um, and before... They buried them alive? <laughs> yeah, but they were like severely drugged. Okay. So they kind of died peacefully, they think. Oh, okay. They think. Um, one of the girls, like... if. You look at the picture. She literally looks like she's taking a nap. Okay. That, she's okay. like laying like this. It's really disturbing to me. Um, why am I talking about this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I thought it was really fascinating. Anyways, so they, um, like a, they were super well-preserved, even down to like the individual hairs on the girl that was 15. You can see that her hair is braided. And, like, you can see all the clothes she was in. Wow. Really intense. So, um, like I said, their hearts were even still intact and contained frozen blood. Um, That's nuts and to me. Basically, because the mountain is, it's, like, high desert, 
Um, the air is super dry, um, but it's also really cold. They basically just froze like immediately. And that's what was able to preserve them. I um, wonder if, cause it doesn't, this might be me talking on my ass, but I feel like oxygen, like oxidation, like breaks down a lot of things. And so if they're at like the top of like the peak of a mountain, the air is thinner. And so there's less oxygen. Right. And so I wonder if that is also like part of no no i think that is part of it yeah i just learned that they did an experiment where like this these two twins is this true or is this a dream there's two twins and then one of them went up to the space station and then the other one obviously stayed down here and then no i think they did this they reunited and one was like younger than the other one because he didn't have the effect of gravity yeah i i think that's a thing I feel like I saw that. Is Mark Kelly? Is that who it is? Anyways. Um, I just learned about that. I thought that was crazy. Um, so the most famous of them, because she's the most well-preserved, was um, considered the maiden. Her name is the maiden. And um, she, a bacterial infection was discovered in her lungs after they, like, did the tests on her. Um So, but they think that happened before she died. Like she was sick before she, she had like a cold or something. Um, and she wore a dress and like I said, her hair was like elaborately braided and she was, had a feather adorned headdress. Um, and she died in her sleep and, um, she was, uh, I didn't like fully research this, but it says that she was, considered the sun virgin which means that she was a virgin and sacrificed um or she was given away to be sacrificed at the age of 10 so she lived for five years like knowing she was going to be sacrificed um but it's not it doesn't sound that bad because they basically like went to these like convents and were just like given a shitload of food (laughs) and like cocaine oh and like they just were like lived it up um because they were like the chosen people um and so an analysis of her hair showed that she was drugged with alcohol and cocaine before the start of the ritual um and she had uh coca leaves in her cheek at the time of her death um and she the blood samples that they took of her showed that she had consumed a lot of it in the leading up to her death, not just yeah. before. Um, more so than the other two, which oh, is why I think she looks so like peaceful almost. Um, I mean, it literally looks like she fell asleep and just like Man. was asleep forever. Um, so El Nino, uh, who's the boy, he was seven years old and he was sacrificed. And this is kind of disturbing. So warning um he had been tightly wrapped when he died so some of his ribs and pelvis were dislocated um and it seems like he was under distress because there was vomit and blood found on his clothing um Uh. and he was lying in the fetal position um and he was wearing a gray tunic a silver bracelet and leather shoes um and they think that his head was elongated you know how they did that back in the day? No. Like they would wrap 
the skull really tight and like elongate the skull. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Like body modification and stuff. Yeah. Um, And so then the other one, like I said, was, oh, I didn't, I chose not to cover her. She was, it was, she was younger and she was struck by lightning, which is really sad. Um, So she was kind of burned. But um, they, here's the thing. So I saw the pictures of these children and I was like, that's really grotesque. Turns out, Sydney, they're on display. Okay. So you can go see them um, at the Museum of High Altitude Archaeology, which is in Salta, Argentina. And um, Salta was part of the Incan Empire in the late 1400s and early 1500s um, before being conquered by the Spanish. Um, And so to promote deterioration, a computer-controlled climate system maintains the same environmental conditions on the mountains so that they don't um, deteriorate. And if there's an earthquake to or a fire to happen, um, they have this whole, like, emergency plan where um, they would be airlifted out to another location and plugged back in. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Um, and so they, the museum opens in 2007. So that's when the first people could okay. see them. So I remember when I was studying abroad in England, I went to the British Museum and there is a like mummified body like this. And I remember having a very adverse reaction to it being mm. like, should we see this? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so leading into this next point, which is that it's super controversial that they're on display and that they were even taken down from the mountain in general. Yeah. Which I can totally see. Yeah, um, it's tough because I could see the case for both that it's like, I can, I mean, I don't want to see that and I don't know about like it being on display, but like, I guess it's just like, why do we need this information? Because where I go is, like, that's so fascinating that, like, we now know more about, like, the Incans and, like, this sacrifice situation and, like, just learning all of that and, like, knowing... I don't know. Like, it's interesting to know, I guess, that it was, like, she was taken to, like, a co- commune, the... um Was the Duchess or the Maiden? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was, like, they gave her cocaine. Like, that's interesting, but I'm also, like... Okay, but that's, like... I don't want to call it a fun fact, but it's like, was it really worth kind of like disturbing this? If they thought it was important enough to sacrifice these children to their gods, then like maybe don't touch them. No, it's totally what I think. I mean. So I I guess that's kind of where I'm at is like, I'm more there, but I can see, I can, I like can hear the reasoning as to why they're on display. It's kind of like, but not the same thing when I think about, like, zoos, for example, when I'm, like, I don't love the idea of, like, these wild animals being in captivity, um, especially if it's not as part of, like, you know, for science um, purposes or, like, they're rescuing the animal and they can't rehabilitate them out back into the wild. Um, but the argument that I've been told is, like, well, some people might not ever get to see like a giraffe in person and like seeing yeah. a giraffe in person is important for like the preservation of the species and for people to like care and just like experience the world I, again like that's like kind of a clunky comparison but 
Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, like, the reason why I said King Tut earlier was when we were in high school, I think King Tut was in, like, Santa Ana or something. And I remember mm. it was, like, a big thing. Like, it was, like, a really big thing. And, like, I feel like everyone I knew ended up going to see King Tut and, like, see yeah. the mummy. And I don't know. Like, I guess at the time I didn't think about it, but it's, like, why are we taking this? Like, did I need to see yeah. that? I could have seen pictures. Well, it's, like, there's pros and cons, because I understand, like, they, when they found these bodies, they, like, took them and examined them, and we've got to learn more about the culture and history and da-da-da-da-da, but it's, like, for me, it's, like, putting them on display seems different than, like, learning about them. Do you know what I mean? But I guess maybe it's, like, good, like, physical evidence that, like, if you're not a researcher, you get to, like, see it and have the experience i don't know it's very i can see it's there's pros and cons it's a very nuanced subject matter like that i'm not like a super expert in but just from like i guess my own personal beliefs and opinions i'm kind of like at what cost sort of a thing that it's like oh well we're learning new things like but at what cost like did i really do i really need to see the body of like these sacrificed children like do i need to see their remains to like understand like I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I do. Yeah. But maybe some people need that evidence. Like, well, I needed your decision because we're gonna decide what we're gonna do with them. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're like take your mask off. You're like I'm actually head of the like what was it the the high altitude. I'm head of the high altitude, and we are now doing whatever you said. Um, no, well, so they were put on display, and um. The Indigenous Association of Argentina was not happy with that and said it was a violation of their loved ones, which I can totally see. Um, and they say the the children continue to be sacred for us and they should never have profaned the sanctuary and put their children on exhibition as if it was a circus, which I could kind of see that a little bit. Um, see that. But then... Another indigenous chief of the Lulas said that the mummies, quote, should have stayed in their territory. And now that the mummies have already been exhumed, um, the museum would have to return them. It is not good that the museum is earning money with that and charging an admission for something that doesn't belong to them. That was going to be my other question is like, I guess, and this is going to make me sound really dumb, but I guess I didn't really realize that. Well, I guess I did know this, but like they just like walked up to the sacred grounds and like took these things. Like, I guess I just like, what? Why would you? It feels very obvious to me that you wouldn't do that. That's archaeology, though. I know. It's like, but that's why that's, I guess that's what I was originally starting with is it's also like we've learned a lot from archaeology. So, like, I can see the merit of the field. But, like, can we not learn from it if it's, like, we just, like, leave it there, I guess? Like, can we ask for permission? Like, there has to be uh, yeah, I know. a better well, that's way. Like, when I went to the British Museum, it's literally, like, they cut out temples and just shipped it. It's like, why is this here? Like, why did you cut this out of... And I know, like, at the time, it was like, oh, like, we'll preserve it. But it's, I don't know. It's, like... Is that just, the is that the like the justification yeah. though? Yeah, that is. Is that it's like well then we can preserve it and like for future generations. Yeah, well because there's that big controversy over Hobby Lobby. Uh, 
no but also I'm, i was gonna do that as a topic i was That's too so funny it's on oh my, my list dude okay i'll leave it to you, you well no no, no. i think we should just leave it to whoever gets to it first but i really hope that there's a we well i guess what we, if don't... we both prep it the same week? well that was my thing was i i guess we don't have an episode we don't do both present in the episodes now but it would have been pretty funny if we both presented an episode on and we're like, wait, this it is... could honestly wait we should not say and then it could be like a duel like we could like Ooh, we could like refute each other and be like actually that's not true. Who, so one oh, of us is gonna take the side of Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yeah, no, they no, should no. have it's, taken it's like the. A fact what did they have? Situation. What did they have again? They like have some artifact. I don't under. I, really I honestly don't, don't remember it. the details. I just remember Hobby Lobby was involved in some like high level artifact scheme. Like they stole artifact, like historical. Yeah, they had like a historical artifact that like wasn't obviously it's Hobby Lobby wasn't theirs, and we're yeah. forced to like give it back. I think. Yeah. Don't take our word for it. We'll do it in a future episode. <laughs> we'll but, record on it in a future. Yeah. Um. So. The store, Hobby Lobby, the store. To clarify. Yeah, the store. Yeah. Correct. Um. So where was I? Um. So the region where the mummies were found, um, there's believed to be at least 40 other similar burial sites. Um, but in order to have good relationships, quote, with the Indian people, no more, no more mummies are being removed from the area. Um, this is according to the the director of the museum. Okay. Um, and he did go on to say, probably defensively, that some indigenous people support the research. And the Third World Congress of the Quechua, sorry, I'm butchering that, language in the late 2004 brought together representatives from countries in the Andes. Um, and they were like, actually, this is fine because... Uh, the investigations recognize the greatness of the Inca civilization and um, they like it helps tell the story of this civilization that's no longer around. Yeah. So, like I said, it seems like so nuanced. Yeah. Well, and some, and, and the last thing I wrote was that some of indigenous leaders, uh, I believe that they get, this is so rough, but like, I'm pretty sure the museum supports indigenous causes. And so they're like, if they didn't have these things that people want to come see, like they wouldn't make income, mm. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's a, obviously that's a huge topic to go over, but um, I just thought it was interesting. Cause like, it's, again, if you want to look up these mummies, it looks like dead children. And it's like, I can't imagine going to a museum. I mean, they are dead like, children. I mean, yeah. But, but they're like, it's like that girl is asleep right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The picture I saw, I thought it was like a meme because it was like all these guys in like hazmat suits, like surrounding this little girl. I thought it was like a Photoshop. And that's actually why I looked it up. But it was real. Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know. I feel like it's like, let's take away the ethics of should they or shouldn't they take these from, you know, sacred grounds or from the societies and or like groups that actually own these things. Like, let's just like pretend that doesn't exist. That conversation doesn't exist. And it's just like, yeah, should we or should we not put mummified dead children on display? 
<laughs> it feels pretty obvious to me that maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, am I just like a prude? I don't know. I just, it to like, I, and I don't even know that, like, does that change for adults then? I don't know. I feel like just for children, it feels a little bit more cut and dry. And for adults, though, it feels just like kind of disrespectful to, to See, the dead. Thing. And even, I mean, I don't know. It's like these, the mummy, mummies at least are like concealed. But like, I guess what I'm talking about is like mummified bodies, like bodies that are like, like the corpse is out on display. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. The one um, I vaguely remember from my art history classes, the, the reason, like, an argument for archaeological excavation and, like, shipping it to places, there's, like, the big incident. I'm just going to do a quick minor topic for two seconds. Um, it was in 2001 the Taliban destroyed these like ancient mummies in Afghanistan or Buddha, sorry, in Afghanistan, these like giant Buddha statues, the Taliban like destroyed them. And people were like, we should have went in and like taken them. So they wouldn't mm-hmm. be destroyed. That's like an argument for this sort of thing is like destruction. But yeah, Interesting. slippery slope is a slippery, slippery slope. slope. Of the topic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's such a nuanced topic that is just like, yeah, I the children I thing give, though like, it just seems. Thing, yeah, I just don't think I'd want to see dead kids. That seems. Yeah, it's not really a hobby of mine to. You told me in the last episode about the haunted house where they like attack yeah, you. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Here, wait. <laughs> I had a did dream you look it up? That. No, I never did because I was too scared. Honestly, Most haunted house, Los Angeles. I I feel like if I see the name of it, I'll be able to tell you the what it's called uh california woman claims she was waterboarded at what's that yeah i was obsessed with manor in san diego no i see the one the most blackout the blackout that's what it's called oh my god that's so scary. Which is in New York and Los Angeles. So we were talking last week, everybody, about like haunted houses and like scary haunted house things. And um, here, I'm going to send it to you if you want to look at it or don't. Oh, my gosh. That's such a horrible thumbnail image. I'm so Ugh. sorry. <laughs> um, so click on it fast and then I'm going to delete it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, we are talking about like intense haunted house experiences and how it's just like I don't want anything to do with that and how when I was a kid so as an adult I still do this I look up the plots of like scary movies that I will never see just because I'm curious and so I became super obsessed with haunted houses or haunted house experiences and so 
there's one called blackout that i particularly became very obsessed with and it's in new york and los angeles and this article that we're reading says the blackout haunted house has proven so popular in both new york and la that they're now set to open location in chicago the events in the haunted house change every year making sure it stays completely unpredictable and uniquely frightening you have to be over 18 to enter and right before they do you do they provide you with a safe word if it ever becomes too much to handle you can yell it out and they will let you leave um it says previous years exhibits have consisted of people being left in darkness and silence for unfathomable amounts of time <laughs> being waterboarded <laughs> having unknown things thrown at them or into their mouth you are not allowed to speak unless it is to yell you must do everything you are told and you must wear a mask and last year you had to walk through the entire haunted house alone but this year you'll be allowed to enter as a group how is the waterboarding thing legal though that seems like super illegal i think to because me. you consent to it wait okay it has Who the mckamey cons- manor the one that you're talking about yeah it says visitors have to be 21 years old have to sign a waiver maximum of two people allowed to enter at a time staff recommends you don't wear any expensive items of clothing because the haunted house is extremely interactive and pretty much anything goes <laughs> can you imagine um the experience dubbed as living your own horror movie why would you do this why? can last anywhere between wait guess how long it can last how long four to seven hours how is that a apt business model that's my question <laughs> actors will grab you put bags over your head gag you basically all the extreme physical contact and fake blood splattering they can legally get away with admission is free it's free how do they make money um, is it some like sick like person that just enjoys doing it um two perishable food items that can be donated to charity are encouraged that's nice sometimes the only way you can be let (laughs) out of this like we don't need we don't want to be involved in this uh it says sometimes the only way you can be let out of this extreme haunted house is if you beg for mercy literally their five minute promo video shows blindfolded people with duct tape on their mouth getting terrorized into doing things and yelling for their life that's not even the most scary what the fuck do you want to hear I mean, about the scariest? Like, yeah, I kind of do, but I, I'm going to acknowledge that I know some people are into that, and that's totally fine. It's not for me, man. I mean, I don't want to be involved at all. It's I would literally, like, what, what was the code word? Like, have mercy on me? <laughs> I would they walk didn't say it, like, just safe, safe word. I would just go in and be like, safe word. <laughs> I'd I'm walk, done. Like, one foot in. Let me out. Yeah. Uh, so it says, so the most, the scariest one is in New Hampshire. You have to be at least 18 years old, sign a waiver, and complete the tour completely alone. Their website warns of encounters with live animals. Extreme, phys- extreme physical contact. What in the world does that mean? Sexual undertones and witnessing extreme violence. The creator, Lance Davis, has said it's called the cult haunted house. Experience is not for everyone and only those who wish to experience real life terror and test their limits and fears. The experience starts off outside where you have to take a chairlift to the top of a hill. This is all alone. This is insane. Uh, So you take a chairlift to the top of a hill where you are given a flashlight and you have to find your way to the cabin at the end of the dirt road. This sounds like a video game. Oh my goodness. You arrive at the cabin. You're shoved through a bunch of doors. One room appears to be a medical examination room where actors creep up behind you, whisper sexual innuendos in your ear, and caress your hair. Another room includes a housewife setting up a tea party and then who serves you a plate of cockroaches. 
real cockroaches, uh, some of which are thrown on you and some of which are thrown into your mouth. When you sign the waiver at the beginning, you are given a long list of possible scenarios to leave you guessing as to which you might encounter. This haunted house takes creepy to another level. It's dramatic rather than blood splattering, creepy rather than the traditional jump scare haunted house experiences, and it's realistic and eerie scenarios will really give you chills. Okay. No thanks. This is now a law question. Okay. But you can you sign a waiver and it just it's if you sign the waiver anything goes except for like extreme bodily harm is that what a waiver like is that the limits of a waiver do you know what i mean i think it depends what's in the waiver i think anything could be in the waiver except like we're gonna kill you and you're like ha 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 ha, like i mean technically i guess if they wrote it in there and you signed away that can't be legal that can't be legal can you get somebody's legal consent to kill them? No, I think that's, um, I don't know. I mean, that's whatever. I just feel like it's like, so if you can have someone sign something and be like, I literally am going to torture you. And you're like, cool, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what this is. I'm going to get you're like, cool, great, law. Thank you. you can be like a really multi you'll be just like the niche lawyer so you'll do space law and horror law yeah yeah oh interesting so somebody says you can sign a waiver that states that upon your death your family can't sue them whoa so but that doesn't mean that you're allowed to kill them that just means that they can't take civil action against you Sorry, yeah, I'm talking I think like a state, lawyer over here this, for my new law natural. firm. The state, I think, can still sue you. Yeah. Okay. You know how it's like the people versus so-and-so. When O.J. It's, Simpson. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not. That sounds like something some psychotic person would put together and then like accidentally kill people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so Did creepy. you watch Squid Game? Yeah. Did you? I did. I didn't. You didn't like it. it. Oh, interesting. Why? Um, also, try like no spoilers, but no spoilers. I just honestly like I just couldn't handle the violence. It was it's hard really for me. it's really fucking. It dark. was really hard for me. The I got through the first episode and I was like, I loved the actor though. He was so good. I that, loved the yeah. vibe that he. Yeah. But the violence was hard, and then the second episode, I was like, I don't. I'm not invested enough to like. Keep going. That's funny because I had a similar experience, but I was invested enough that I decided to go forward. Okay. Honestly, I think the art direction for me was the only reason why I kept watching. Yeah, it was cool. That's the only reason. Cause, and I'm glad that I finished it and I really did enjoy it a lot. But I agree. I said to Alex multiple times, like, I'm so surprised this is so popular because it is so gruesome. And I just do, don't, I wouldn't have thought that this was universal enough or enough people like would or would willingly stomach this to make this like the most watched show on netflix i I honestly i guess that's what made me nervous about it i was like watching that first episode where that big event happens and i was like why are people like the fact that so many people were like yeah like made me kind of freaked out yeah no i mean i think i think it's like probably a few things i think because like i don't know that i would have pushed 
through if I didn't know there was so much, like everybody was talking about it, right? Yeah. And so I wonder how many people were kind of like in like peer pressured into watching something they were uncomfortable with. But then also at the same time, I think that like there probably were a lot of people that were very comfortable with it, which is interesting. Yeah. But like my parents, I was talking to my parents about it. And I was like, I don't know that I can recommend it to you. I think it'll be too, too much. Yeah. Because it was. It was a lot. I had to do so much therapy. It, like, was very triggering for me. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. That's that that first episode. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But it's and- weird because for me, like, it wasn't that the violence was overtly triggering. What I found triggering was, like, the overwhelm of, like, emotion. Like, there were, it was just too stimulating, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's interesting. I admire your like transparency. I feel like I haven't, I felt very similarly, but I haven't actually had anybody who said they also did. Speak up, people. Speak up. emotions. Yeah. Um, But okay, well, is this the end of the episode? I guess. This is Yeah. This has so, been fun. I yeah, like this, this has been fun. So if, um, I mean, obviously the Twitch chat already knows, but if you're like Twitch, I mentioned Twitch a few times and you're listening on the audio version or on YouTube, uh, this was our first live podcast recording and um, we're going to be live on Twitch. I, I mean, I, we're going to talk about it after, but <laughs> I'd imagine if we decide that we want to keep doing it this way, we'd be live on Twitch on Tuesday evenings on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash SidSoGood. And um, we'll continue to put the VODs up on YouTube and um, the audio on anywhere that you listen to your podcast. So if you only caught the ending or you only were here for part of it or you want to know, like, where can I watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing? um, Like Spotify, Apple, literally like pretty much every podcast service we're on or you could watch this VOD on YouTube um, and that will all go up on Friday. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed I had Yay. fun. I, I feel had like fun. I do chat. miss seeing you in person. But yeah, no, I agree. But maybe someday we'll do. I don't know. It's just so much easier to do it. No, this like is this. like so chilling. We'll just have to hang I, out else time. Another time. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like way easier because, like, you have your setup and I have mine. We don't have to like squeeze two setups into yeah. my room. Yeah, um, Anton Shiger is the opposite way. So. <gasps> Do you have um, your little baby, Ernie? Ernie is probably out hunting right now. Um, oh, okay. I'm also in a fight with him, so oh, he's keeping that. me up all night. Oh. I, uh, he will make a debut at some point. Okay, okay. Exciting stuff. But um, yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, new episodes every Friday, or if you want to watch it live, it'll be on Tuesday, probably. Um, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, we're no longer streaming. We are no longer streaming. Okay. That was fun. Um Oh wait, I should stop my audio.